0: You are listening to CMM, Children Matter Most, on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Come, senators, congressmen, please heed the call, for he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled. There's a battle outside, and it's raging, for the times they are a-changing. Bob Dylan, 1964. Join me at the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Bill Rutenberg, your host, and my guest today is Dr. Jay Berkelhammer. Dr. Berkelhammer is the president of the American Academy of Pediatrics. He is senior vice president of medical affairs of Children's Healthcare of Atlanta and a clinical professor of pediatrics at Emory University School of Medicine. Today, we are discussing the changing landscape of healthcare. Hello, Dr. Berkelhammer, and thank you for taking the time to join us at the Clinicians Roundtable.
1: Hello there, pleasure to be here.
0: Dr. Thomas Bodenheimer wrote in the August thirty-first, two thousand and six, New England Journal of Medicine, quote. The American College of Physicians recently warned that primary care, the backbone of the nation's healthcare care system, is at grave risk of collapse. And indeed, primary care is facing a confluence of factors that could spell disaster. Many primary care physicians are unhappy with their jobs as they face an unseemingly insurmountable task. The quality of care is uneven, reimbursement is inadequate, and fewer and fewer U.S. medical students are choosing to enter the field. Tell me, what do you think the practice of pediatrics will be like in 5 or 10 years from now?
1: I personally believe the practice of pediatrics 5 or 10 years from now will be a rich and fulfilling practice and that we will continue to have the brightest and the best who choose to go into a life of service um, helping children grow up to be healthy and strong. It certainly will be different in the future than it has in the past. The scope of disease the burden of managing a practice will undoubtedly change in the coming years dramatically.
0: If you were advising, and I'm sure you do in your position, advise many residents who are entering practice, if you were going to advise them how to adapt to this changing landscape, what would your, say, three, four, five big recommendations be?
1: First of all, you've got to get the best training you can possibly get in you know, medical school, residency, and then when you choose your first place to work, that you uh, pick a site where you're going to have colleagues and people that you will be able to continue to mentor you and help you develop. You know, a career in medicine is a career of lifelong learning, and each of us throughout our career need to continue to revitalize and to learn and to adapt to what is a very changing environment.
0: Tell me about the changes that you see.
1: The the spectrum of disease has changed dramatically in my own career. And what we see today are problems having to do much more with lifestyle and issues relating to mental health. You know, the average pediatrician in their office today, about a third of their visits are related to mental health issues. And 20% of the children in our society here in this country suffer from obesity. One of the saddest things for me is this is one of the first times that we're actually seeing a population of children whose life expectancies are less than their parents. Can you imagine that? And so the burden of disease has changed from infectious diseases to more having to do with mental health and with problems related to lifestyle.
0: If I could segue a little bit back to the business side of medicine, because there are plenty of changes taking place there. I have a friend, colleague, who told me he feels like he's stuck in a Rodney Dangerfield. I just don't get any respect. He's concerned that medicine is becoming a commodity rather than a profession and that he has no brand identity, that when he says he's a member of the American Academy of Pediatrics or he's board certified in pediatrics, there's nothing to distinguish him from, again, a nurse in a retail-based clinic. How do we combat that?
1: First of all, I think we do need to appropriately promote who we are and what we're about. I know through many years of experience that young parents, once they they meet their pediatrician, once they visit a pediatrician, they know the difference. I do think that that person who says they feel like Rodney Dangerfield needs to um, understand that he is woefully underestimating the role that he can play in the world around him. I think by being appropriately assertive about the role of the physician is very important here.
0: Does the Academy have a plan to do this?
1: Of course we do, and the Academy is really an organization whose mission is dedicated to the health and well-being of children and providing for that through the promotion of the profession of pediatrics. You know, there are some overarching values which the Academy promotes, and one of those has to do with promoting the profession. The other has to do with equity that all children really need to get health care. And then third, that every child needs a medical home, which comes right back to the where is that medical home going to best occur, and it's going to occur through the office and the practice of a pediatrician.
0: The practice of the pediatrician, again going back to Dr. Bodenheimer's statement, may be at risk. Are there ways to help the practice, the individual doctors and even the small groups survive? I mean, in a business world, and we keep being told we have to also think as business people, when revenue declines, they think of new products or new services. Do you have any thoughts? And perhaps you could share with us what Children's Healthcare of Atlanta is doing to bring the people back into the fold, so to speak, keep them out of retail clinics?
1: I would say look at the scope of your practice and where you can extend your practices and still improve the health of children. One example might be in the area of oral health. Do you know that dental caries and poor oral health is more common than asthma? It's the most common chronic disease of childhood. Now, putting dental lacquers on kids' teeth does not need to occur in a dentist's office, and I can tell you there are not enough dentists out there To meet the need. And the American Dental Association supports the notion that doctors in their office can certainly do oral health exams and to apply dental lacquers as a reimbursable service. So that's something the Academy is working on.
0: You're listening to Reach MD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Bill Rutenberg, and my guest today is Dr. Jay Berkelhammer, president of the American Academy of Pediatrics, and we are discussing the changing landscape of healthcare. You're in the middle of telling us about additional services, different medical care that doctors can provide in their office.
1: We talked about oral health but I was going to go on and say you know the other area is mental health and so many of the visits are related to mental health issues and the Academy is working with pediatricians to develop tools and educational opportunities so that physicians can feel more comfortable dealing with mental health problems. The training that most of us received in residency really didn't give us the kind of preparation needed for what we're encountering in our practices. Residency needs to change in that regard, but those of us who have completed our training really need some help in order to expand our capabilities in terms of dealing with mental health issues.
0: The American Academy of Pediatrics has an attention deficit hyperactivity toolkit. I use that on a regular basis. I think it's fabulous. Are they going to be mental health toolkits?
1: Yes, and to do the assessment, to help make the diagnosis, to learn how to use the medications. You know, we've done a survey of our members, and pediatricians are very confident in their ability to recognize mental health problems. But other than the attention deficit disorder area, they're not really very comfortable managing those problems. But you've just cited exactly what can be done, and there are other areas of mental health where certainly pediatricians can be very helpful and can be the appropriate person to do that along with the other health care that they provide to the child in their office.
0: Should pediatricians consider aligning with psychologists, or you mentioned obesity in another session, nutritionists in their offices?
1: Oh, I think that's a great question. You know, and I believe that we're going to find as we go forward that it's going to be a great advantage in our office to be able to have other types of health professionals practice as part of a team in the office setting. The pediatrician certainly can bring an area of expertise, but then bringing in a psychologist or a nutritionist or and a nurse practitioner. I mean, there are other professionals that we can bring into our practice and we can develop a more global, more comprehensive approach to the services that our offices can provide.
0: Another change I'm seeing in the landscape is that physicians seem to be perhaps losing, and maybe that's a good thing, but losing their role as the leader of the healthcare team. How do you view that?
1: Well, you know, I think leadership can be situational. I think at the end of the day, people do look to the doctor as the captain of the ship. But even the captain of the ship understands for things to work well, they need to distribute leadership appropriately. And there are times when you let another member of the team take on the leadership responsibility for a particular problem or a particular situation. But one of the characteristics of a strong leader is to help others take on leadership roles as well. But I I do believe the physician is the focal point, is the ultimate captain of the ship.
0: I've always been fascinated by this. I mean, if I have a legal problem, I want the lawyer, not the paralegal. And if I go on an airplane, I want the pilot, not the mechanic, to fly it. It seems like, again... Doctors need to assert themselves a little bit more, and maybe we need to do that with learning better communication skills and taking more time with our patients so they feel the personal connection.
1: Well, you know, and as you build the system around you in your office where you have other members of your team, ultimately you need to spend your time as a physician where you can bring greatest value to the to the family and the patients you serve. And I would say the communication, the explanations – are, are extraordinarily important here. The demands on a physician today are much more around the coordination, the communication, the interpretation, the education issues relating to health than they've ever been before.
0: Is there anything that particularly frustrates you or makes you want to pull your hair out regarding the changes that we're seeing in health care?
1: I think the thing that frustrates me most is that as a society, we have not really said children are our most important resource. Children are our future. And so many of our children depend upon the largesse of government programs. And we just need to understand that we've got to provide an environment for children to grow up in this country so that they are valued and they are treasured and given the support for education, safe environments, adults that look after them, a healthy start. Children need to learn citizenship as they grow up. These are just fundamentals that are not being done in our country, and they're being done in other countries in ways that we should really learn from and emulate.
0: I remember back in medical school, one of my professors said, and I graduated in 72, so it's a long time ago, but they said that the problem with children's health care financing, or one of the problems at least, is that congressmen and senators get heart disease and cancer, and that's where they want the money to go. Do you have any sense of whether that was true or not? Or
1: I think you are correct, and the... The scope of services, the type of care that children need are different than adults. A benefit package in an insurance program that only covers catastrophic events, that may make sense to some adults, but it certainly never makes sense to children.
0: That's a great point, and I want to thank Dr. Jay Berkelhammer, who has been my guest, and we have been discussing the changing landscape of health care. I am Dr. Bill Rutenberg. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. I wish you good day and good health.